Yes, you enable. Black History Edition. Join us as we take a stroll down memory lane. Phyllis Wheatley, one of the best known poets in pre-19th century America, the slave of a prominent Boston family. She was used as an example that Blacks were both artistic and intellectual. Phyllis Wheatley. Booker T. Washington, founder of Tuskegee University, he believed education was the key to true individual freedom and achievement. Booker T. Washington. Madam C.J. Walker, the first black entrepreneur. She made her fortune by developing cosmetics and hair products. She was the first black millionaire. Madam C.J. Walker. Shirley Chisholm, an American politician Black woman to be elected to the U.S. Congress. So became the first Black candidate for a major party nomination for President of the United States, Shirley Chisholm. Malcolm X, American Muslim minister and human rights activist, was a prominent figure during the Civil Rights Movement. A spokesman for the Nation of Islam until 1964. He was a vocal advocate for Black empowerment. Matthew X. Martin Luther King Jr., an American Baptist minister and activist, one of the most prominent leaders in civil rights from 1955 until his assassination in 1968. Martin Luther King Jr. Muhammad Ali. Born Cassius Marcellus Clay Jr. changed his name in 1964 after joining the Nation of Islam. He went on to become the great Muhammad Ali. Afini Shakur, born Alice Williams, former Black Panther political activist and mother of famous rap legend. President Barack Obama, a retired politician who served as the 44th President of the United States from 2009 until 2017. He was the first African American president. President Barack Obama. example than right here in New York. Hello, hello, hello. Hey guys, welcome back to the Monday <laughs> Meltdown podcast. Hello. My name is Sheree. <laughs> I'm Samantha. Hello, I'm Tarisha. 
You guys are watching the Monday Meltdown podcast. Be sure to subscribe, comment, like, and share. This month, we decided, well, this week, we decided to do Black History. It's February, um, something that we feel as though doesn't get spoken on regularly. Um, what better way to celebrate our heritage than an honorary clip of famous Black people in time? Yeah. Absolutely. So over the last couple of, I guess, days, uh, me and my my cohorts, I'm not going to say co-hosts because like we're real life people that like real <laughs> life, my cohorts, <clears throat> we had a lot of conversation and there are certain things that some of us knew, some of us didn't. And we just realized that our history in terms of black history gets so I don't want to say whitewashed because it's not just whitewashed. It's completely misconstrued. And there are certain things that are just forgotten about over time, which is a shame. Um, so that's the reason why we're doing this um, episode. So you're about to watch a video. It's like five minutes, five minutes of your life. It's okay. <laughs> but it's about a town called uh, Seneca Village. Um, everyone knows about the Tulsa now. Because it became a big thing, it became in the news, and the survivors of Tulsa Massacre are actually, have recently been awarded um, reparations. I think it was not even a month ago. It was definitely in the year of 2023 that this happened, so it was probably in January, if not the beginning of February, which I thought was a great way to kick off Black History Month, to apologize to the little girl that had to watch her parents die by giving her her reparations. Um but Seneca Village was another town where we, as a Black community, decided to go off and do our own thing, and we were persecuted for it after. So um, I hope you get something from this clip. That plays. You find no better example than right here in New York with its own free Black communities in which they they are American, even when the law and the government did not see them as founded in 1825, and that, of course, is pre-emancipation when we're talking about New York specifically, um, slavery and were affiliated with the African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church. They were the first to buy the property in this area. Life in Seneca Village would have been impacted by racial violence on a daily basis. They lived in an integrated community, so while it was a free Black community, they had among them Irish neighbors um, and some German neighbors too. And they intentionally placed them there. Seneca Village comprised approximately 70 buildings. There was uh, three churches. The first church to be created was the African Union Church. This church also did have a school and it was one of the few schools that was available for African-American students. Um, so it helps us understand Seneca Village as a place where community and church and education was very important. 
I would say one of the more famous residents, if you will, Albert Lyons. He actually lived in Lower Manhattan during the draft riots. And his daughter, Bridget, was a teen time. Um, she's the one who left her memoirs and really explained the horror that happened in Manhattan streets in the summer of 1863 when African Americans were basically being tortured and murdered by their fellow New Yorkers. In 1855, when the city starts thinking about a public space that will be called Central Park, um, they decide Seneca Village has no value. and said we would have more value if we became a public, public Central Park. Of course, it really had nothing to do with that community or upholding what that community stood for. About 800 acres of land and while it was not the first example of the use of eminent domain, it was certainly a prominent example. But it's in that, you know, the creation of the park did really disrupt the development of what was one of um, the most important African-American communities. Within 30 years, Seneca Village is basically established, thrives, and operates completely. So there are not a lot of physical traces of Seneca Village in the landscape. Since um, about 1997, a group of historians and archaeologists have been studying Seneca Village. You know, we found more um, portraits and illustrations, and we were finding, we found a map that actually had um, the names of individuals that we didn't know that was in our collection that helped us to understand, oh, this is why these people are there. And then from there, records, then we could find out for sure that these were actually black folk and white folk, and they actually owned their pretty important squatters. And so it was just telling a different kind of story. They found such magical things that I think tell a story of a really, dignified, thriving African-American community. It's through their efforts that we know so much more about Seneca Village. We collected these things and we tried to interpret them to see if they dated to the period of Seneca Village. And so they did. And you look at the newspapers, you look at the maps, you look at family papers, and you just kind of piece that together like, okay, so this tell an interesting story. How about, how can we bolster this story? How can we humanize it a little bit more? There's no descendants that have been found um, from Seneca Village, and it's not from lack of trying. My suspicion is uh, to do with the amount of time that Seneca Village existed for. It existed through to 1855, 57. So many things in history, we lose them to the archives. Um, but not for lack of trying. We are in a search, we're in a hunt to try to find direct descendants um, who, who are connected to the Again, it's just one of those things that will humanize and, you know, put a, a nice punctuation to the, the, the story. If you look at the history and the rediscovery of Zeneca Village, there is a pattern here. And the pattern is this, the city always erases history. That's 
in the name of New York, in the name of progress. But I think it's really important that ordinary people, ordinary New Yorkers, ordinary Americans understand that it's always been other ordinary Americans who have preserved their own communities, even if it means fitting and then rediscovering them again decades later. I felt like history was erased because that's some stuff I've never known. Like right. growing up in Kentucky, um, we wasn't, I, I didn't know anything about it until you said something about it a few days ago. And I'm 38 years old. Right. And there's so many, that's, there's so many other towns around across America. That's probably that we like, don't know. That's, the reason why I centered on this is I'm in New Yorker and, and right. I didn't find out until I was in college in an African-American history class. <laughs> that's, when, that's when I found out. And I was like, the fact that people flock from all over, it doesn't matter. Literally, the world comes to New York to be tourists, to get the I Love New York t-shirt, and to walk barefoot through Central Park. Central Park, exactly. The TV shows show all this greenery and grass, and you want to go over mm -hmm. there. And it's like, you're literally um, walking on some ancestors there. Like, And the amount of things, mm -hmm. like there's a show on Netflix called High on the Hog. Mm -hmm. There's a, a huge farming area that's attached to a restaurant, black owned, um, but they pick and grow all their own food as much as possible. And they're in the middle of production, we're fighting eminent domain. Every yeah. single time we have something and we build it up and it gets too big or too, um, something that they can't make enough money off of somehow eminent domain gets tossed in there. Oh, well, we need your farmlands to get, you know, fresh food is not as important as the highway that we need. Something like that. But it's like, yes, Central Park, everybody knows of Central Park. Good, yeah. bad, ugly. They know not to walk at night in Central Park. Didn't know, you know no. that, but I did not know that when I walked through there when I went to go visit that I was walking on ancestry. Right. I didn't, you know, that's, yeah. So one of those things is just kind of pushed underneath the rug, you know, like some of the people that we did play on that clip. Um, so much about these people that we don't know. And a lot of our children won't know them until we teach them. Right. So. She over there, click, clack, and wait. What is your. What is I, am. I see it. <laughs> She's like clickety clack clack clack. I'm like, oh, she is. <laughs> well, there, there's a couple of things that I wanted to add. Um, this is just about awareness. Everybody has an opinion about what it is. History is history. It can't be erased because it happened and it's real. If it makes you mm -hmm. feel a type of way, it makes you feel any type of way. I encourage you guys that watching to do more research. Google is your friend. I can't express that enough. Information is key in this world. It changes your ideologies. It changes your perception. It, it takes you out of your emotion and it puts you into knowledge, which is a different frame of mind. So I'm excited to learn about the history of Seneca Village. Um, it just shows that there's power in unity. It shows that there's power in, in our heritage and it's something to be proud of. Um, I wouldn't want anyone to be infuriated that, hey, this was taken from us. 
because we have the ability to, to, to build again. We have that ability. We have that capability. Exactly. We have that strength. We have that knowledge. We have the resources. And if it's something that makes you feel a type of way, I encourage you all to mm-hmm. act, you know, produce action. <laughs> you can't dwell in your pity, you know. You can't dwell on it and what happened in the past. And a lot of people do, like you said, you have to use the tools and the resources that's given us to us today and utilize it. Like you said, Definitely. you know, that's you don't, just, that's you don't just need to see the people go build your whole building. I think it's, it's empowering to know that you know we've we've created, you know, Tulsa. We've we've created Seneca Village. It just shows it just shows power and capability for me. It just shows strength. That's just something. That's just how it makes me feel. It doesn't make me feel bad. It makes me feel like we can do if we come together and we try again. So if someone is stole your pennies because we let them sell our pennies, then what are you going to do to go get nickels? <laughs> That's this is kind of where I am. There was two things out. Speaking of pennies, I wanted to share this information here about uh, Maggie Lena Walker. She was one of the most important black business women in the nation. And today, too few people have heard of her. So she was the first black woman in the nation to organize and run a bank. Um, and she did it in the segregated South. Um, in Richmond, Virginia, which is close to where I live. And she she enlisted a bunch of Black women to get the bank up and running and on the road, Maggie Lena Walker. So that's just someone else I wanted to share. We always talk about Madam C.J. Walker because, you know, beauty and hair is the leading, one of the leading industries in the world. But, you know, the power for a woman in the Confederate South to create a bank and get other women to run the bank because i always thought if you ever wanted to get something done you got to get some um some women to do it they make yeah. things happen yeah. so we really run the world like, definitely yes. there's definitely yes. a strength that, that women possess um once we get out of our emotion so maggie lena walker make sure you guys look up maggie lena walker organized an entire bank in the confederate south in the middle of segregation in the middle of civil rights she's running a bank I just not running a bank. She's owning a bank, essentially. The concept is just it just blows my mind, the capabilities of the things that she was able to do. And there's a school named after her, uh, the Maggie L. Walker School, based in Richmond, Virginia, really close to Bird Park. Um, I think it's an elementary school, if I'm not mistaken, but check it out. Maggie Lena Walker. You ever I also, wonder what the stipulations were when schools get named after people? I have no idea. Do you know? No, I have no idea. It's just random. There's got to be some sort of foundation. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I think it's the foundation. Um, yeah, I have no clue. Yeah, I really do. Maybe you donate a bunch of money and then it's named after you. That's what I would think. I think money well, does everything. I, built the school I know new one. buildings are named after, like certain mm-hmm. hot of the Yeah, you, if you spend enough money, you'll get a wing or a library or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But school. the whole school. <laughs> Yeah, hmm. it's like a I'm, I'm really curious as to what that um hmm. maybe I'll have an answer for you next week. Okay. <laughs> there we so go. Of course you will. <laughs> I also wanted to share another topic or another person that isn't in traditional black history. I wanted to share Sarah Bartman. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't want to do that. So Sarah Bartman was mm. a slave that was captured. Um, and basically taken to Western culture, I think somewhere in the in Europe. And she was basically on on stage for her for her look. She had big a big butt and big hips. She was under five feet tall. 
I believe she was four foot seven. This happened in 1789. And she basically got to stand around and people got to look at her massive um, Afrocentric body, something that people hadn't seen in that area. She was sexualized, dehumanized. Um, that's it's the thing I want to talk about this specifically is how history repeats itself. This woman was ostracized and then later exploited because of her looks. And now as a culture, we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> we are definitely in millions. It is not hundreds. Of, we are definitely in the millions when it comes to those BBLs. Got yeah, to be. Definitely. At this point Got in the game, definitely in the, in the millions of dollars of mm -hmm. what we spend. And I just want people to, the things that we look at now and find mm -hmm. beautiful, you know, someone was exploited and just belittled and everything I feel for. I guess what I'm, I know what I'm trying to say is just find the beauty in yourself. You know, this woman was beautiful, how she came, how she was. Just find the beauty within you because whatever you're doing on the outside mm -hmm. is a masquerade of what you're trying to cover up on the inside. So the real, the real root work starts with what's inside of you. But I really want to talk about Sarah Bartman because she, she, she paved the way. She paved the way for people. She gave us her life. She gave us her, all of her. Um, and they, they ended up paying her eventually when they ended up freeing her from her slave. But she died at a young age, I believe about 20 years old due to, they didn't say, they said it was natural causes, could have been syphilis, could have been smallpox, any of those diseases that were prevalent then that didn't have a, a vaccine or an immunization or something to that degree. But she did not live a long time. She was not an old woman. But the short time that she lived, she was able to be gawked at naked in front of the world. So Sarah Bartman, check her out. Um, this is just weird to me that she's just put on the freak show like she's a freaking clown or, a, you know what I'm saying, like a, a two-headed yeah. horse or something. This is a real person. And they, they were so infatuated with her body and how different it was that people pay just to go, people pay just to go look at it. And then they wonder why, why sex sales, like her name ended up being hot and top Venus. Um, Venus sensuality, hot and top was something native to her Koi Koi language in Africa. It's just, it's, it's, this is a joke. <laughs> this is definitely a joke, but yeah, check out Sarah Bartman. Understand the history. Understand this before you undergo the knife. I'm not saying that anyone, I don't really have an opinion if you're going to go over the knife, underneath the knife or not, but I just want to make sure that we recognize the real root work of, of beauty and what you exude starts on the inside. That's what I want to say. Hmm. <laughs> I guess you didn't know I was going to go there, huh? Yeah, I didn't. I, I know we talked about it, but I didn't know that you were going to go there. That one kind of threw me, but it's cool. Right. Like, you know, it's just... like I said, I, I, I co-sign with you in terms of don't really have an opinion. Do you do what makes you feel whatever, but it's mm -hmm. so interesting to me. It, to me, it's like, it, it's, it's, you want to 
sometimes you want to show people how you see them and you can't. And that's where the heartbreak comes in. Because a lot of the women that undergo the knife for these surgeries are so gorgeous before they go. And then they coming back on the plane. You know, like there's literally every comedian I know has made a joke about getting on a plane and the chick is hunched over because she can't sit down. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like I said, it's just, it's a shame. It's like you want you want to sh- give them the outlook that you have of them so that they don't, but it, there's like literally nothing. I mean, it's, it's called self-esteem. So I get it, but it's just heartbreaking sometimes because sometimes like I will use an example, Little Kim loved, loved, loved her. Always love her, still love her. But a lot of her surgery came from she was in a domestic violence situation and he messed up her face somehow. And that's where it started. And it's like, that's why, you know, over the last couple of months, if you followed us over from Wind Down Wednesday, you've noticed that our, our conversations went from talking about how much we love our kids but want to send them somewhere to <laughs> mental health. I mean, that's kind of how it. we just kind of mm-hmm. got that way. And it's, it's now called the Monday Meltdown because, you know, we are all in our own stage of um, growth and development when it comes to our mental health, whether it be recognizing certain things we will or will not put up with when it comes to our peace or recognizing that we think we have peace, but it's a false peace. And now we're trying to work on our real peace, which is me. That's, that's, that's my example. But <laughs> I was just putting that out there before I'm I myself I um <laughs> but that's just kind of where we're going and it's um yeah I just I wish that these surgeries came with someone talking to them first like finding out the issue if it's really this will make me feel better I want my body to look a certain way fine but sometimes people go on to the night four five six seven eight times mortgage in their house for yeah. for not even self-love for other people to love them and that's where my the disconnect is for me when it comes to people getting surgeries because it's like what are you doing it for if you're doing it for yourself fine but i would say about 50 50 it's not self it's it's outward love that they're looking for and it's unfortunate if you listen to some of the celebrities that have undergone the knife and they talk about what they've done, speaking specifically of Nicki Minaj, I saw a clip where she was like, um, I guess Lil Wayne and whoever else was like, you should do this. You should do this. You know what I'm saying? And she was like, she not so she felt pressure, but she felt like it was what was going to take her career to the next to level. The next level. Mm-hmm. Um, sacri- sacrifice of self. You know, how will it, how much are you willing to sacrifice? Some people are willing to risk it all. And now she's she's people are want to talk about that big old butt, and she's like, we're not going to talk about my butt. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> but it's there. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, 
yeah. just got a BBL, you know, she said she was really, really thin. She just got a BBL. And, she, you know, if you listen to her new album, she's like, mm-hmm. I want, I was thin and I wanted to be thick and now I'm thick and I want to be thin. It's like your, your image of yourself is forever changing and something yeah. as serious as surgery is something that, you know, the, the risk, the risk could be death. Everybody's, everybody talks about Kanye's mom, you know what I'm saying? Died mm-hmm. under the knife. Um, it, it's just, when, when do we find the genuineness within ourselves? Because there's always going to be someone with a bigger butt, with a smaller waist, with with longer hair, with with clearer skin, with with whiter teeth, with more money, with whatever with whatever it is that we have. There's always someone or something with something better, but there isn't another genuinely authentic you. Um, it's kind of where I'm going with that. So you have to find the love of you and and understanding your worth and your value and what it is that you offer. And then find find your tribe. You know what I'm saying? If you have, if you're in a place where you feel as though you don't fit in because of whatever, you don't fit in because you don't fit in. You don't you right. don't belong there. You're, you're, no, you don't, you don't fit don't in because there. I feel like you don't belong there. Yeah. If you you're, don't fit in, you don't belong there. Like and, and that just kind of goes back to what I've been touching on for the last couple of weeks and in theory of the Monday Meltdown podcast is setting healthy boundaries, financial, yeah. spiritual, mental, just setting healthy boundaries, knowing that it's okay for people to be upset with you for how you feel. But if they're really supposed to be part of your tribe, then then they'll come yeah. they'll, they'll come back. They will understand. You know, we 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 converse, we've been conversing more more frequently since we're, you know, getting this pilot podcast off the ground and we don't always see eye to eye and we have differences of opinion about politics, difference of opinion about the the viewpoint of black history, difference of opinion about what it is that we're doing. But it just shows where we are on our journey and our, we're not trying to change anyone else's opinion about how we feel. It's, it's just, it's just, it's just conversation. As I was going to say, it's conversation. conversation. <laughs> yeah. A good conversation, a good, de- a good, honest debate. Um, yeah. It, it's fun. <laughs> it's yeah, healthy no, for it our really friendship. It's, That's interesting to it's listen. healthy. It's, it's interesting to listen to, yeah. to you guys' mindset because I value you guys and I trust you guys with my mm-hmm. safety and well-being. So anything right. that you guys are saying, I'm, I'm, take, I'm taking it in because I'm listening to you, but I'm also going to give you what I think. And that's just, that's what it is. So it's, the more we have conversations, the whole goal is to continuously grow in, in, what, in whatever aspect that we are in and whatever it is that we're doing. And if you're not around people that, you, that help you grow and what it is, mm-hmm. kind of going back to the Black History Edition, I was speaking to someone the other day and they're like, uh, black people have black people have it harder. You know, black people have it harder. We we talked about that, you know, because of the things that aren't presented to us or the things that aren't taught to us. You know, and then yeah. some of the things that I, I know what I said specifically was ah, for free information all the time. People don't use it. You know, so it's like, how can you say you don't know when people are, are telling you the basics or the foundation? We want the blueprint to make 20 million dollars, but we're not following the small steps to go make hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars you know what i'm saying like you we Absolutely. literally have to crawl before we walk it's like we want to take the elevator but the stairs is part of our journey and that is the point of the monday meltdown it is growth over and all i love it <laughs> yeah like I- information education it, i just can't express that enough for our people like this is the black history episode so i'm assuming that more black people will be watching it but information is your friend when, if you're walking around having conversations with people and all of your conversations are i feel i feel i feel take a step back and learn 
because you don't have enough information to get to the next level because your feelings will have you whatever because will have you going in a, a, a crazy town because of emotional triggers because of because yeah. of um you know emotional abuse physical abuse because of just because of different situations and being around low vibration people because if mm-hmm. you're elevating the people that you've been around previously are low vibration because you're supposed to be going higher the the older the wiser that you the more wise that you become so when history repeats itself but hopefully when history returns and comes back around you'll be more prepared for what's presented to you so that you can accept whatever blessings are offered is what I'm saying. So to all of the black people that are watching and all the white people too, just be, be best version of self. Take humanity for what it is. Understand that there's heritage. Understand heritage does exist. Um, the, the, way, the way that our community has become, my personal opinion on how the black community has become so divided and so individualized is because we allowed the ability for, we, we allowed ourselves to be conquered and divided. For example, one of the things that we were talking about, uh, Samantha pointed out, I didn't know this, that the Black Panthers started what we now call the WIC program. The WIC program was was taken over by the United States uh, Agriculture, I guess is what it's called, and mm-hmm. turned into like SNAP and WIC and all that good stuff. But it came with rules and stipulations. So they basically said, hey, we're going to give you the money to feed you, but you can't make over this much money. You can't have a man in the house. You have to have a kid. You have to live in certain places. We gave you all these rules, but we're going to give you food. And, and we accepted the handout. So it's anything that's given to you for free, it's going to come with the cost. Right. It's going to come with the cost. Yeah. You know, and, and it changes your ideologies and your mindset because I work with several women who have received the benefit and they're like, oh, I can't. I can't I can't work any more hours because it's going to cut my food stamps. But what about the information and and what you can do from that? Like, I understand that it's a short term deficit and it's a short term. You know, I don't want to go without. But that doesn't motivate you to go to want more. And then there's there's always an excuse. And what I what I've been telling my friends specifically, these two people is after the excuses come to lies. So I don't want to hear any excuses (laughs) (laughs) because that's what they are. You know, it's just it wasn't an appropriate response is, well, that wasn't on my priority list. You can say that because you can set a healthy boundary and say, well, that wasn't on my priority list. And if you feel as though not having it on your priority list makes you want to give me an excuse and a lie, then you need to reevaluate it because we shouldn't be doing that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, And that's just, it's just a mindset change. It's just shifting your mindset. Like when we were talking about the Native Americans and the colonizers coming over to to the United States, and wiping out the Native Americans and killing them and massacres and all that, conquer and divide. People, the strongest people understand that in order to gain power and strength, you're going to have to kill the strongest people. You're going to have to separate them from their families. You're going to have to shift them from what's from what's comfortable for them to make them uneasy and instill fear. Fear is the ultimate form of manipulation. You know what I'm saying? And, and I know we're, we're saying, oh, well, the white people did this. Okay, the white people did this, but people did that. I understand that they were white or Spanish or whoever that did it, but it was people. Mm-hmm. It was the strongest people that left their homes that came across the water to an, un, an a land that they had never been before, never seen. There was no Snapchat, Instagram, or Twitter. And they said, we're going to go out here and we're going to make a life and we're going to monetize and we're going we're gonna to create a culture here. And to be able to have that type of mindset, do you think they were not ready to risk it all? 
Like realistically, yeah. do you not think they were ready to risk it all? Um, that That's just where, where I am with it. Like, mm-hmm. and that kind of goes into like individualism in general in the United States. In, like individualism is highest in the United States as opposed to other Eastern cultures. We promote a culture of solidarity. We promote a culture of every man for himself. We promote a culture of survival of the fittest. If you go across the pond the other way in the Pacific Ocean, you know, you could go over there to Asia, people are living in multi-generational homes. People are having conversations. There's there people are having conversations with low low context well high context conversations based off of mannerisms and behaviors and manners and respect over here it's about well who who has the last word you know what i'm saying that's a, that's a low context Absolutely. culture so it's just the ideologies are just really amongst the mindset of the people that have inhabited our land but it doesn't take away from our heritage if you feel that you want to make a change be the change that you inspire to be you know, who's you got you got to think long term. You have to think big because it starts with one. You know, Martin Luther King had a dream. <laughs> and now we're talking about him on the on the Melt, Monday Meltdown podcast and everywhere else in the United States, everywhere else in the world. Essentially, it's, mm-hmm. it's a cultural icon um, because he had a dream because he because he felt passionately enough and people believed in him. So you, you got you got to find your tribe and you got to connect. I just don't want it to be. You know, everybody whitewashed everything and took things from us. It was it's communication. You know, people, the Bible, the Bible itself, King James Version, that's whitewashed. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't even the original religion. How are we, how, how, how do we pick and choose yeah. what versions of whitewashed history we accept if we don't, mm. if we don't desire to go get the real information or to go get the root of the information for ourselves? Because you're accepting what's been given to you. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> so if you guys want to join us notes. on, <laughs> you on Monday, yes like you just yeah took us on out um <laughs> for the um, um black the history conversations edition. that we have throughout the week are definitely different than the conversations that we had uh months ago and that just goes to show our growth so you guys should continue to grow with us on our quest for more information for for learning continuous knowledge for bettering ourselves for bettering humanity one one day one conversation one interaction at a time um all of all of march we will be going over understanding financial literacy we'll be understanding credit we'll go over understanding insurance understanding um understanding life is where we're going to go with it. We just want to get a better understanding. So if you guys have questions about credit, questions about utilizing credit, how to clean your credit, how to update your credit, make sure you guys email those into the Monday Meltdown podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram at the Monday Meltdown podcast. Check out our website, www.shopsimplysue.com forward slash the Monday Meltdown um, it's definitely a cultural cultural movement in black media, um, a cultural movement in black media. Just I just want to put that out there. This is a, a definite different podcast. We've been meeting a lots of people from multi, from different races, from different walks of life, from the people that have different passions. And it's a joy to see people gravitate to the culture of the podcast as they have been the the amount of love has really been has really been phenomenal and it feels amazing that people see the vision and they want they want to work with us and have and have like minds so be sure to subscribe and share 
the podcast. Subscribe, comment, like, and share. Email your questions and concerns or topics that you want to talk about to the Monday Meltdown Podcast at gmail.com. If you just want to be a guest on the Monday Meltdown Podcast, you can email us at the Monday Meltdown Podcast at gmail.com. Um, and I think that's all I got for you guys. So stay encouraged, be inspired, and be your best version of you. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you.